from San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about what happens when you expect your spouse to have ESP, also known as extrasensory perception. And this is something that I said earlier uh, this week as I was talking to a couple I was coaching. I said, the longer you've been married, you get better at predicting behavior because you have more experience. It isn't mind reading or ESP. It's patterns of behavior only. And that's what we're going to be talking about in today's show. But each and every One Extraordinary Marriage show starts with a hug. And the hug, for those of you that are brand new listeners, is a way for you to share how the One Extraordinary Marriage show or resources have impacted your marriage and the transformation that you've, you've seen in your own relationship. And this week's show is brought to you, this week's hug is brought to you by One Extraordinary Marriage's Top 10 Ways to Initiate Sex. And you can get your free copy at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash initiate. Because the truth is, wouldn't you love to know exactly when or how your spouse is initiating instead of trying to guess? Is he or she making a move? Or does that touch or look mean we're having sex tonight? Take the guesswork out of wondering when or how and pick up the top 10 ways to initiate sex. Pick your favorites and then share them with your spouse. No more guessing, no more wondering, just the two of you with a clear understanding of what it really looks like when your spouse is making a move to initiate. Get your free copy today at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash initiate. And this week's hug came to us via a Facebook comment. And uh, this person said, we did the seven day challenge in 2011 when we started listening to your podcast. Now guys, we've been doing the podcast since 2010. So this is a brand, er, this is a listener who's been around for a long time. Um, did the seven day challenge in 2011. We started listening to your podcast and then decided to up the ante. And in 2012, did a 12 day challenge, 2013, a 13, 13 day challenge, etc. We completed our 2016, 16 day challenge for this year already. It's always a new experience each year. That's so awesome. I love how they took that seven days of sex challenge and just... They made it their own. They made it their own. And something that they can do every year, know what's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's no, you know, there's no guessing or mind reading going, I wonder how many days we're going to do this year. No, it's no. it's known. They had a conversation about that. And, you know, here's why we chose this particular hug this week, besides the fact that we love that somebody's taken the seven days of sex challenge and really just made it their own. It's this whole idea that there are couples all over the world where one of you or both of you are expecting the other to have ESP. You're expecting your spouse to be able to read your mind. Right. And and we hear this because we get complaints in emails or uh, like when I'm coaching with couples, the things that say, well, why doesn't he or she just know that? How many times should I have to tell her? Like, why, why again? Why again? Mm -hmm. Right. Or, you know, this is my personal favorite because I've said this to Tony, you know, you should know that by now. Right. Or, you know, just figure it out. Right. You know, when you get in the car, you pick, right. Cause you should know what I like. The truth is Tony and I have been together for almost 22 years. It'll be 22 years in June that we started dating. And, um, yeah, I- I'm telling you guys, it's caused a lot of heartache. 
this whole idea of expecting one or the other to have ESP or be able to to read each other's minds. And, I, and we can't see your faces, but I have to imagine that there are a few of you either nodding or smiling or maybe even grimacing right now because you're just thinking, oh, geez, Lisa, Tony, here we go. What are you bringing in the show? Because that's us. That's what's going on in our marriage. And there are others of you that are listening right now that are saying, so what's wrong with expecting my spouse to know what I want, what I need, right? Where's the problem with that, Elisa? You know, why are you making a big deal about this? And here's the thing, guys. And I only come and share this with you because I've been so guilty of this over the last 22 years. The problem is that when you expect your spouse to read your mind, I want you to think about what you're expecting them to be able to do. You're expecting another human being to be able to process all of the circumstances that you are in, in this current moment. You're expecting them to be able to process your mood and your physical condition Mm -hmm. and then come up with the exact same thing that you would do. And you want somebody, so you've got somebody that's trying to process your circumstances, your mood, what's going on with you physically, come up with the exact same answer response that you would give. And guess what? The person that you're expecting to do that is not you. And your spouse is having all their own emotions. They're in their own place, their own spot. So what is happening with you in that moment is also happening with them. And so the idea that we should expect our spouse to know what we're thinking is 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 crazy. Even though, hey, I'll, I'll raise my hand. Been there many a times like, Alisa, why wouldn't, why don't you know that? Because she's in her own space and her own place in that moment as well. And so what we're seeing, because we've experienced it ourselves and what we see with the couples that, you know, interact with us from around the world is that you're putting these expectations on your spouse and on your marriage Mm -hmm. expectations that your spouse oftentimes can't meet, right? Because very few people in the world are actually mind readers. I mean, I didn't look up any statistics before the show, but you know, I've met enough people to know that it's very rare. And the other thing too, is that even with all of the prediction that goes on, right? Like, okay, you know, for example, you know, Tony and I go to Starbucks. We like our walk and talks. We have a few Starbucks that we can, you know, hit while we're walking and talking. Now we go to Starbucks and there are a few things that I order at Starbucks, right? Like we often share a caramel macchiato. Sometimes I'll get like a coffee frappuccino. And I also like my unsweetened um, green tea, ice green tea, right? So we show up at Starbucks. Tony still has to ask me, what do you want to drink? Right? I mean, he's, he's got pretty much three choices, right? But he doesn't stand there and be like, I'm just going to go up there. And I know exactly today, Elisa is feeling uh, like what a caramel macchiato, ice cream tea. Do you want a hot caramel macchiato? Cause it's cold outside. Like, right. And in all honesty, you know, there's only three choices. How hard is that? But he still doesn't know. And we're doing this at a time when we're not upset, frustrated, in in a place where we're just sort of have a little, maybe a little anxiety going on with, with the way the conversation are, is going. You know, this is pretty much a normal day in the life, right? And so when you add that whole situation of now we're in maybe an argument, a tiff, a, a, you know, we're in a place where... Well, here, let me, let me amp it up just a little bit. So um, 
a few of you that have been listening for probably more than a month, which is most of you because we've been, uh, we know that you guys have been sharing the show. The downloads have been hitting record numbers every single month. So I know there's a few of you have heard the fact that I tend to be the messier spouse, right? And Tony doesn't like my piles, right? Because I've got piles for paper and I've got piles for the kids stuff and, and piles. And so you you would think that I would know, like I should just be able to read, mind read Tony's days on when is he going to come home and be irritated that there's a pile on the counter versus when is the day he's going to come home and just be like, all right, she's handling everything else in life with the kids and running them here and there, right? So here, you know, here's the same situation. There could be a pile on the counter. Some days he comes in and it's no big deal. Some days he comes in and he's just like, oh my gosh, can you not put your piles away? Same exact piles, like, you know, I know what the solution is, but there are just times when it doesn't bother him and there are times when it does bother him, right? And so instead of him like huffing and puffing like he used to do, right, Mr. Huffer and Puffer? Exactly true, yes. Now when it's gotten to the point where it bothers him, he just looks at me and says, hey, Elise, pick up your piles, right? And I just know that, okay, we're at the point where I, I need to stop doing all the other stuff that I'm doing and just take care of that because that will just make him happier. Right. But there have been times when he would literally like huff and puff around the house. I have no idea what he's upset about. Right. Cause it could be something happened, you know, on the backside, you know, with the technical stuff with the show or with, you know, the website or things like that. Cause that happens, you know, when mm-hmm. you run it, when you run an online business, there's all kinds of technical glitches that happen on a regular basis. It could be that, you know, he got cut off in traffic right? And that's what's causing him to be upset. It could be that he just doesn't want to see the piles on the counter, right? I don't know which of those circumstances, what's happened when he's been outside the doors of our home, he walks in, I don't know why he's upset. And so trying to, trying to, trying to expect, well, not trying to, but expecting your spouse to be able to process everything that's going on inside of you and come up with the perfect solution for you do you understand how that's expecting somebody else to do all of your work? And it can lead to a lot of just frustration in many areas of your marriage. You know, just like Elisa was talking about, just, you know, things like piles. I mean, this is something we've been talking on the show for six years now. And probably the next six years, guys. So just, you know, it's you know, all that, good. That's who, that's who Elisa is. And I'm, I, you know, I've, I've just come to the fact to know that, hey, that is the way she does stuff. And we, we work through that. We, we, we do. We, we talk about it. But my expectation um, and, and having to read my mind when it's, it's frustrating me is crazy. The same with why we shared about the top 10 ways to initiate sex. Oh, that's a good one, guys. Y- you know, <laughs> and, and if you want to pick those up, go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash initiate. And the reason is you don't need your spouse to try and read your mind on how you're initiating. You know, share with them how you initiate. Teach them help them learn and understand. See, we, because we all come into marriage, I think at times and go, Hey, well, my, my spouse, I'm married. We're, we're married now. And they, they should know everything. They should, they should know, you know, how I initiate and, and, and I should know how he initiates or she initiates and we're good to go. Unfortunately, it's not the way it happens. Being married almost 20 years, there are still times when I'm confused if Elisa is initiating or not, you know, and we've had that conversation and yet, when you take something like the top 10 ways to initiate, you're able to speak to each other, share with each other, 
how you do initiate. So there's a there's an understanding. I don't have to read your mind. I don't have to read Elisa's mind and go, okay, is she going to initiate this today by touching me, uh, hugging me, kissing me? No, we sort of have that conversation. We've had that conversation. We know what's happening now. And so I would seriously, if you would like to learn, even for yourself, because one of the greatest things in the, one of the biggest gifts you can give your spouse in this area is teaching them and letting them know how you do initiate, right? Letting them know how you do that. So they don't have to read your mind anymore and be confused on that. One of my big ways is, Hey, I always, I always was like, Hey, and I love this one is just walk in the room naked with high heels on. That's not the way Elisa initiates. Not very often. Right. Not very often. Uh, But because I know that, then I can do that. And he knows that that's like an automatic, you know, that's like a green light. That's like the light is green for miles. Mm -hmm. Right. Full speed ahead. But I want to go back to this idea because I want to just ask you guys some questions. You know, the whole idea of somebody being able to process the circumstances that you're in, your mood and your physical condition. I want to just ask you some questions so you kind of get an idea of how, how difficult this is. Because how do things change when you're dealing with your family and a, you know circumstances with your family versus when you're dealing with circumstances with your friends? Right? I will tell you, family tends to stir up a lot more emotions. Right? Because you've got just got so many layers to the relationship. And so how I respond to you know, getting into an argument with my parents versus getting into an argument with a girlfriend, totally different. They're both arguments, but how I'm going to respond and how I'm going to internalize that to like night and day, different things. Or here's a good one, because we know we have a lot of uh, families in the One Extraordinary Marriage family who have children. Mm -hmm. So what are your reactions when you're well-rested versus when you've been up all night with a sick child or maybe working on a project? Sleep deprivation, deadlines, crying kids, those all impact how you're going to react to one another, right? A good night of sleep does wonders. It will change your entire perspective. But, you know, in our case, Tony, once he goes to sleep, he's pretty much asleep, like, like straight through. I'm out. Right. If I wake up in the middle of the night, I I could be up. I could get up for an hour and, and do work or read a book or things like that. So he doesn't know until he wakes up the next morning. He's like, how'd you sleep? Right. And if I'm like, oh yeah, no, it was a great night. You know, whatever. He's like, he's got that filter to understand where I'm coming from. But if I'm like, yeah, you know, I woke up at two and I just, you know, I got up and I was, you know, working on this or working on that or just reading a book. He's like, okay. Like I know it's coming later in the day, right? She's Mm -hmm. just going to be more tired. You know, when you're, when your mood and your feelings start to come into play, like how do you react when you're feeling excited about something like, oh my gosh, spring break is here. We're going on a trip. You know, we're planning our vacation. We're doing all this kind of stuff versus I've got 35 deadlines that I'm trying to meet. And it just feels like everybody's piling stuff on top of me, right? You're going to, you're going to respond differently. Now your spouse may know that those things are going on, but trying to process everything that's going on between your two ears and figure out exactly what you need that is a tall order that most of your spouses cannot live up to. And you're, the, whichever one of you is expecting this is living in this place of almost constant frustration. 
and and you're asking yourself, well, well, I thought he knew me better than that. I thought she, I thought by now she would just know these things, right? You want your spouse to know something. I will tell you the number one response that I give all of my coaching clients when they're like, well, why doesn't he or she just know? And the number one response to that is because you haven't told them. You haven't told them. You know, it's, it's pretty simple, right? In this day of electronic communication where everything, you know, I mean, we did the show, um, was that just last week about texting? Mm-hmm. Last week or the week before? You know, right? So all of this stuff is being done electronically, right? And so we're losing the emotional component to communication, right? Being able to look at each other, being able to actually verbalize when somebody is face-to-face with you, right? But we still have these high expectations of what the communication is supposed to be to look like and you know all of this predictive behavior and things like that so the first thing that you need to do is you need to become aware of what you've been expecting your spouse to know what is it do you expect them to know when you're tired do you expect them to know when you're feeling overwhelmed do you expect them to know when you're sad or scared or feeling insecure do you expect them to know when you just got too much on your plate what is it do you expect them to know what to pick up for dinner when to get gas in the car, you know, it, 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 there's a number of things that happen in our minds that we put upon our spouses that we think they should know when what we really need to do is open our mouth and say something so we can move on. You know, that's part of that communication piece, that emotional <laughs> intimacy piece that needs to be happening. And, and I want to just share this. I mean, these conversations they're just in love, right? right? These are not these are not conversations that we have to have massive arguments over. These aren't conversations that we have to have that we're going to be like it, it, having a, a tirade. These are just this is just normal day to day conversations. Mm-hmm. And as a spouse, if you're receiving it, and and your your spouse says, "Hey, can you can you make sure to get the milk today?" This isn't a like huff and puff down the road for three days and and throw the silent treatment on them. This is just, they're asking you something. And and so what we're trying to do is stop this, this, I expect something. Mm -hmm. I'm not sharing it with you. You should be reading my mind because I, because I made some sort of mention of it while we were talking, but it was really sort of cryptic. Right. Like, Oh, the kids almost finished the milk. Uh, Okay. Okay. I mean, that's just fact. Right. I mean, right. We, we have, we have a 13 year old boy in our house. There's often times when you walk into the refrigerator and there's like the last, I don't know, half an inch of milk if on that. the bottom of the gallon. If that. Just enough that, that he didn't actually finish it and have to recycle the gallon of milk, but not so much that you can really do anything with. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, we open the refrigerator door all the time and see that. And yet there isn't this, like, if I don't tell Tony, Hey, can you pick up milk on the way home? it won't register to him that we're almost out of milk. Right. If Elisa were to just tell me, hey, you know, the kids almost finished the milk, I would just sort of go, okay, yeah, the kids almost finished the milk. In all honesty. But that is a situation of if if she was if, if she was thinking I had ESP, right? Like this extrasensory perception, I would be like, oh my gosh, wait, she just said that the kids almost finished milk. So that means we must be low on milk. Does that mean I need to go pick up milk? I don't have that. I, I don't. I'm I'm a pretty simple dude. So if you just tell me to go get it, I'll go get it. But if you're trying to do this cryptic stuff, 
it, it really convolutes your relationship. Well, and you bring up such a good point there about being cryptic, right? Like, like if we want or need or have to express something in our marriage, let's be direct about it. And no, when I say direct, I don't mean like a hammer, you know, beating your spouse over the head, but the milk point, right? I mean, think about it. Would you rather have your spouse ask you, Hey, we're out of milk. Would you please bring home a gallon of milk? You know, in the middle of the day, you like, you get the text message and you, you know, so you put a reminder on your phone, don't forget to get milk on the way home versus you walk in the door because they made the comment, Oh, the kids almost finished the milk this morning. You walk in the door at 5:30 after a full day of work and you're just exhausted. And your spouse looks at you and says, you didn't get the milk. Why didn't you bring home the milk? I told you this morning, the kids almost finished. I mean, seriously, it's so much easier to be asked to do something and then to do it than to deal with the tired, frustrated, upset, overwhelmed response that you get when you didn't do something because you didn't know you had to do it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, let's cut out. Guys, marriage is emotional enough. There's enough going on between the two of you. Let's stop expecting our spouses to read our mind and let's cut out that negative cycle. Mm -hmm. Right? So become aware of what you're expecting your spouse to know. A second thing that you need to do is you need to recognize your feelings when they don't seem to know you as well as you would expect, right? Are are you irritated? Are you frustrated? Does it make you feel sad? Do you, you, what do you feel? Right. Because if they're not acting or if they're not knowing you as well as you would expect, I want to ask you, is that about you not telling them or is it about them? not being able to read your mind. Right. And this again comes to our emotional intimacy. This this is us as husband and wife really and truly taking the time together and getting to learn each other learn about each other again. You know, we have a great book uh, called Connect Like You Did When You First Met 100 Proven 101 Proven Questions for Couples. And this is about connecting again. You know, when we first got married, or before we even got married, Elise and I would just ask questions and we'd hang out. And yes, we didn't have kids. And yes, we didn't have, you know, the pressures of what we have going on today. And yet, there are still times now that we should take that time. You know, now is more than ever we need to be connecting, learning about each other, hearing about what's what's going on, right? And connect like you did when you first met is is beyond the... Hey, what did you do for work today? You know, how are the kids? I mean, this is going into some fun stuff. You know, you can check that out at connectlikeyoudid.com. And so to break that open, so you can start to recognize where your spouse is at, mm-hmm. right? You know, you, you understand each other again. It, you're emotionally connected instead of just walking through the day, sort of wondering what may be going on. You know, and, and a big part of this choosing to communicate um, and sharing your feelings. And there's a vulnerability that comes with that, right? Because if, you know, the milk example, and I go back to the milk example because I can't tell you how many times as a child I would hear my mom call my dad and be like, hey, we're out of milk. Can you pick up milk on your way home? Hmm. Right? And, you know, I think about that. And and one, that was just a way for her to, like, reach out and have contact with my dad. You know, obviously, they're the pretexting generation. Right. So, you know, they actually had to pick up the phone and call each other. Uh but in doing that, you know, and just saying th- this is, you know, really what my mom was saying is this is a way that you can take care of us, 
right? Like, the, you know, if you can just do this, it just frees me up for that extra 15 minutes. Now, the funny part with my mom and dad is that my dad would always buy like cookies at the same time. And he would always buy the cookies at eye level. So I learned very quickly that if we wanted really good cookies in the house, the ones that are the more expensive, yummy ones to let dad go shopping because he would just buy whatever was in front of him. It was fabulous. Not the cheap cookies, but the really good ones. But you know, all that to say is that would be a way for mom to communicate to dad. This just helps me out. Right. And so, you know, in doing all of this, you're, you're choosing to be vulnerable. You're choosing to say, you know, this helps me. Right. When, when you pick up, when you pick up dinner tonight from Chipotle, right. Like I'm not even going to let you guess. Or if, I mean, if you honestly don't care, then it's okay to say that, but don't be mad when they bring home something else. Right. Remember guys, when you say something, and this is this, I hadn't even thought about this until just this point. When you say it's up to you or I don't care, you choose, or some variation on that, then you better not have a reaction to whatever they choose unless it's positive, right? Because if you're saying, you know what, honey, pick up dinner, I don't care where you go, and That's good. You know, you're thinking Chipotle, you're thinking Mexican, you're thinking, you know, um, I don't know, burgers and fries, whatever it is, and he walks in with, you know, fish and chips, and you're like, wow, that's, that's not what I wanted. Well, you didn't say so. You just said bring home dinner. In my world, if dinner walks in the door, it doesn't matter what it is. I didn't have to cook it. And again, that's that's a place of ESP. You know, he should know me. She should know me. We've been together for so long. They know I like Thai food, but they went out and got fish and chips. What's that about? Right. And so the whole thing about ESP, and we've we shared this many, many a times over the years is that we want you guys to just think about how when we have certain expectations of what we want our spouse to do and yet we don't tell them, then we get offended. Then we get upset. We get agitated. And really, if we had just taken that step to just go, hey, you know what, honey? Yeah, go grab, go grab the Thai restaurant that we that I enjoy tonight and this is what I want it would be hopefully better right hopefully it, it it's a conversation you've already had you know this and you're rolling and and we're we're taking it really simple sometimes this this leads to this is also in those really tough situations mm-hmm. those tough conversations you know when we, I mean when we talk about sex oh yeah you know the expectation right you know just just touch me here and this is what you're thinking. You're laying in bed and you're like, okay, just, just move your, just move your fingers. Just right. And that's right what you're there. saying no, to yourself. No, go there, go there. And you're having this whole mental dialogue between you and yourself, right? Instead, pick up your spouse's hand and, and say, move it there. and say, I would like to be touched here and actually show them, tell them it feels good. Right. Right. And you know, partly this conversation happens outside the bedroom, like before the two of you ever have sex. You discuss what kind of touches you would like or, you know, so you're, because the bedroom can be weighted and sometimes surprises of touch me here cannot be well received. So you talk about it outside the bedroom first. And then you said, you know, I'll show you the next time we have sex, right? The next time we make love, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you, right? Because here's the thing, really telling our spouses what's going on, what we want, what our needs are, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, 
that builds up your relationship. It doesn't tear it down. It doesn't make it less because you have to tell your spouse everything. It makes it more because guess what? You can spend more time connecting instead of all the time you're spending trying to figure each other out. Right. And with that one with sex with Elisa was talking about with the hand movement, that was somewhere we were at some years ago. And I had no clue. I just didn't understand it. It was actually uncomfortable to her because I would be pressing too hard on the clitoris or, or just not in the right spot. And so we, we shared that we had that sort of conversation going, Hey, next time we're there, don't, don't get offended, but I'm going to just sort of show you where we're going here. And that changed the dynamic of our sexual intimacy, honestly, 180 degrees, because it began to open up doors that we didn't even realize we were going to start walking through together mm-hmm. where beforehand it was, it was just like, you know, her just in there going, okay, move there, move there in her own mind, but not sharing it with me, me being confused, frustrated. And by her just doing that, Elisa just doing that, it opened us up to so much more. And I just want, you know, when you think your spouse should be a mind reader or that they should have ESP, you know, as I was really thinking about the letters ESP and this particular topic, it, it became crystal clear to me that what ESP really is, is expecting my spouse to perceive my world, right? Expect spouse perceive, expecting your spouse to perceive your world. It's a losing proposition guys. Expecting your spouse to be a mind reader is just going to bring more frustration. So this week, go out there and think about those things. Become aware of what you've been expecting your spouse to know. Recognize your feelings about it. And then choose to communicate exactly what you want them to know instead of putting these question marks up all over your marriage. You know, The marriage life has got so much wonderful, wonderful experiences built into it. You don't need to be spinning in this negative one of unmet expectations. Yep. So go out there, stop having ESP, you know, learn from each other, open up, get that emotional intimacy rocking and rolling. And you're going to, you're going to have that marriage you desire. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week.